guys are blessed to have my amazing brother-in-law, Pastor Sam, bring the word this morning. Can I just say, can I, are you going to, you're going to share your house? Well, we got a chance to go over to his new house last night. And uh, let, you can share this real full story. It's absolutely amazing how God did this, but uh, so blessed. And they're only going to be less than a mile from the church. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so they will be top of the list for the alarms. Um, no, it's for, we're just praising God for an answer and for the desire of their hearts and God doing above and beyond, right? Yes, amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't know if we'll have time to give you the whole story, but the short version is um, God began to speak to us uh, through a holy agitation, I would say. Uh, and uh, you know sometimes God will speak to you like that? It's like a rumbly in your tumbly. And uh, it's like Winnie the Pooh, you know, when he wakes up in the morning. Have you ever seen Winnie the Pooh? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, ball. Um, but uh, when you got a rumbly in your tumbly from the Lord, um, it, the, the right question is, Lord, what's going on? And sometimes that can feel like emotions. And you start to get emotional and you're like, why am I emotional? Like all, what, what's going on? I just, at random feel a lot of emotions and restless. And um, if you feel that way, guess who is really good at leading us? The Holy Spirit. And uh, so much so, Jesus said, it's better that I would go and be seated at the right hand of the Father. And by the way, he's not doing nothing. It says he ever lives to make intercession for us. So like right now, this is amazing. And this will bring some fear of God, a good, holy fear on our lives. But Jesus is praying for you right now. And I say that with, um, not, not out of like, but with weightiness. Jesus is praying for you right now. And there is something in your flesh that will go, no, 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 no. Whatever God's up to right now, I want to resist that. And I want to encourage you, uh, put your... your your seatbelt on that keeps you just engaged because the Lord is here and I, I believe he's going to do a, a powerful work in our lives today. But, um, so just yield to what the Lord is doing. But Jesus is at the right hand of the father interceding for us right now. And the Holy spirit was sent to empower us. And to be with us, to be our counselor, to be our comforter, to be our helper, to be our teacher. He's the paraclete. He's the one who's with us to enable us and whisper, hey, go this way, not that way. There's destruction there. I'm not trying to control you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to lead you into the paths of righteousness where there's life forevermore. That's the Holy Spirit. He helps and he leads us. And sometimes he'll, he'll just whisper to you across your spirit. I had that happen a number of years ago. We were in, like, we financially had been through it. We were, did not have loads of money. And I thought at best we could afford a shack. But we had this just kind of a growing desire. And I thought maybe in the next three to five years we'll buy a house. This is about six years ago. And it's just one miracle after another. God is so good. But uh, I remember I was brushing my teeth in 2015, in January. And I'm brushing my teeth. And I just felt this, just this sweet, just 
sweet talking. Sometimes the Lord will sweet talk you. But uh, he was just this sweet sense that went across my spirit. I, I do this because it's kind of what it feels like. It just, just like all of a sudden an impression on your heart that all of a sudden is just a reality you never thought. And it was, this is the year you're going to buy a house. And I'm like, put the toothbrush down, you know. <laughs> what was in that Colgate, you know? And uh, whew, let's check this expiration date. What's going on? And uh, that's kind of how uh, foreign it was to us because I was like, financially, maybe three to five years, we pray, you know. And uh, the Lord said, this is the year you're going to buy a house. And I, after putting down the toothbrush, I said, babe, I just heard the Lord. And now over the course of about six to eight months, God did it. Because then I'm like, okay, God, well, financially, we, I've seen the market. We ain't, we ain't there uh, unless we're, you want us to live in a, in a you know, small little uh, mobile home or something, but uh, God began to do one thing after another and just lead us and open doors and close doors. How many know sometimes a blessing is a closed door, but um, he's the God who opens the door. No man can shut, but he also closes a door that no one can open. And so I'm thankful and I'm grateful for that leadership of the Lord when we yield to him. But uh, one promotion after another in a matter of six to eight months, this doesn't happen with the same job. In a matter of six to eight months, God increased our income by like 33% at the same company. And my job title didn't change. Like that just does not happen. It's a long story. But it was just amazing. And then this year, um, there was just this urge in us. And part of it was actually the urge to, um, we just felt like God was leading us to get a little bit closer to the church. But we also, we, we got a, a whole kit and caboodle of kids. And uh, we, we got four, yeah. Save your comments for after. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we got four kiddos, and then we got another on the way, which, praise God, which is a joy. And, uh, and we felt God speaking to us before this whole house stuff, uh, trust me in this, um, regarding a, a, a more, more bounty of children. And uh, so our quiver is full to bursting. But uh, we just like, we need more bedrooms, <laughs> practically speaking. And, uh, and so, anyway, we just put it before the Lord. And uh, a few different times, the Lord would just kind of say something and confirm it, where it came to the point where we realized we needed to sell our house before we knew where we were going. And that was scary. It was a step of faith. Um, but, uh, and I know some of this is like, hey, first world problems, you know, like we have a roof over our heads, like praise God. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we're, we're grateful and we submit that to God that like, hey, Lord, if we had nothing, we'll follow you. If we had nothing, we'll follow you. But we're grateful that he has given us a, a, a good place to live. And we believe that he blesses us so that we can actually be a blessing to others. And I was just, we walked through our home, the home that we sold and we left. And not, there wasn't a dry eye among our family walking through the house. And uh, I got super emotional. And um, it's really not like me. You know, I'm very reserved. But... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm joking. If you were at my wedding, Julia and my wedding, I was like sobbing at the altar. The second I saw her, I'm like, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. But uh, that's just how I roll, and I think that's okay. Um, but uh, anyway, we were just, I was just very emotional, but I was just thinking of these moments we'd had in the presence of God in our home. I was thinking about the lives that had walked through the doors of our home and had tasted the peace of God in a home, had tasted the presence of God in a home, had 
had fellowshiped and we spent time with people where the Holy Spirit was in the midst of that fellowship and just recounting these things in our family's memories, our children's memories. It was just beautiful and uh, so awesome. So we're grateful for a, a place to live. But long story short, we sold our house, had no idea where we were going to move. Uh, had a dream in the middle of COVID, the worst, or when I say middle of COVID, it's, everybody's like, COVID, that's life now, right? You know, uh, I meant when we had it. Uh, we, we wanted to just taste it and see that it was not good. But uh, we, uh, we had COVID, and uh, on the worst night, where it was just like restless, I just could not sleep. I just felt yuck. And uh, I would call it my lowest point of this year. It was in July, which is supposed to be the best time, you know, sun shining, come on. And the uh, worst night, and I have this dreamish vision, because I wasn't really asleep and I wasn't really awake. So the Lord, whether it was a dream or whether it was a vision, I don't know. I think somebody else said that. Um, but uh, I, I just saw myself at night with the, the, the owner of a home, um, and it was like he was basically saying, like, well, the house is yours. Like, the job is done. We've made a transaction. But there was no real estate agent involved. And so I began to just go, all right, you know, boy, babe, that was a weird dream. Holy Spirit, show us what we need to know. And uh, this idea came to mind that we should just drop off some letters at some houses that we think are big enough. And, uh, uh, and I dropped off probably 40 to 50 letters. Uh, I got one call, one legitimate call from an owner who said, we have been thinking about getting out of our house. We're old and we want to downsize. Their words, not mine. Um, and uh, and they, uh, they said, we'd like to see if you want to come see the house. And I'm like, okay, what's the address? You know, we'll, we'll see how big that, how many rooms are there? And they're like, well, it's basically a five bedroom or it's four bedrooms plus a, an office. I'm like, well, okay, that, that'll work. Plus a bonus room, plus a living, plus a family, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, whoa, uh, that sounds like big kid type house. And they're like, yeah, and here's the address. And I'm like, whoa, that's the one that we had pointed at. We drove around and we were like, if there could be one house, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Turns out that's the house. And um, so uh, this last Sunday night, it was a dark night. And I went to meet with the owner. And he was handing me the keys saying the house is yours. The dream I'd had in the middle of the worst night of my year was fulfilled this last Sunday night. The Lord went before us, and we just, every step of the way, we put our trust in Him. So it's all glory to God. We're kind of like, God, what do you have in store here? I mean, this is bigger than us. So thank you, Lord. So we can just give Him the glory and the praise. Um, and uh, we're going to work on it because it's a little bit of an older home. We're going to do some updating stuff, but we would love to have you come through. Um, and uh, help us clean. No, I'm just joking. Uh, anyway, <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Man, you just, I just love that worship this morning. You can, you can feel the joy of the Lord in the house. Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're ministering to our hearts even right now. We thank you, Lord, that sometimes... The way you minister to us is not through a word. You just touch our lives. And we can't explain it, but we're different. Lord, I thank you for touching our hearts and our lives today. Lord, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the Spirit of the Lord. That your Lordship is in this place. 
We come under your lordship and we say, you are king, O God, you are Lord. Have your way. We come under your supreme authority right now and we declare your authority over all things. We say that every sickness must bow to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. We declare that every demon must bow to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that fear must bow to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. That depression and confusion must bow to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your anointing that's in this place to set the captive free, to heal a broken heart, to open blind eyes, to make deaf ears hear. God, we thank you that you are here in this place. If you're not here, this is a waste of time. So God, we say, have your way in this place. And we thank you for the fear of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you would come and cause us to have a holy awe and reverence, that we would see you in your holiness today. We would see you... As high and lifted up and above all things. Oh God, we thank you that you're the God who is above all things, but yet you came near to us. In Christmas we celebrate you are God with us. Thank you, Jesus. You did not leave us orphans. You've given us your Holy Spirit. We ask you, God, to work in our hearts today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I, I've just, I'm going to reiterate this. I just feel like, man, just buckle up, engage, yield to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And sometimes I'll be saying peanut butter and jelly, and, which I'm not a big fan of peanut butter, but anyway, uh, and, you, and you're going to hear ham and cheese. Um, and that's okay, because the Holy Spirit will be dealing with each of us as he sees fit. And guess what? He's way smarter than we are. Um, so, but there is a heart, there's a message um, that, that I want to I share here, but I, I feel like we need to do this beforehand. Um, the Lord just gave me a, a couple words. Let's see. I'm looking for everybody. Okay. Um, can I, I'm just going to ask you. I, I know this seems funny, but I just I want to follow the way that I saw the Lord show me doing it. But um, Gaeta and, and Segei, would you guys mind coming up? And would you, Lydia and Helena, would you mind joining them? Just stand here, and then um, is Walt around? Just stepped out. Walt, you knew it. You knew it. Um, Caleb, would you mind just standing here? And Alice, would you mind coming up? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just, as we were worshiping, the Lord just was speaking to me, and. Um, Last week, actually, the Lord spoke to me about you guys. And I heard the... It was like I felt the heart of God for your family. And the the way that I, I saw it was like the Lord seeing you. And like He wanted you to know that He sees the challenge. He sees the battles that you've been through. And, and what I kept hearing in the spirit is that the, you have been experiencing the weapons of the enemy being formed against you. And this is a family affair. That's why I wanted you guys to be up here. But you've experienced the, the weapons of the enemy being formed against you. But there's a promise in Isaiah. And it says, there is no weapon formed against you that will prosper. 
That means even though the enemy does form weapons against you and it'll feel like intimidation and it's like knocking on your door, that that weapon that's coming against you, what the Lord says is it will not prosper. It will not succeed. And what I hear the Holy Spirit saying is he's drawing a line around your life. I really believe things are going to be different. Like this day, I just hear the Lord saying, I'm drawing a line around your life. And you've known me as your shield, but now you shall know me as your rear guard. Like the Israelites, when they came to the Red Sea and the cloud that had led them and been in front of them, went behind them to protect them from the enemy. And so, Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in this family, God. And we just seal this word. We just agree with you. And we say in the name of Jesus, the mouth of the devil is shut in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for drawing a line around their lives. And that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. And every voice that rises against them in judgment, we condemn in the name of Jesus. And we declare your purpose over their home. We Declare your purpose over their lives. In Jesus' name, we speak peace over their home. No more torment in the home. Peaceful, restful sleep in the night. And we thank you, God, for redeeming their sleep for your glory. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And Caleb, as we were worshiping, I just I kept hearing the Lord saying, you're not meant to fit the mold. You're not meant to fit the mold. And I, what I kept feeling like the Lord was showing me was that um, you're just, man, Mr. Like, I just, you know, you just look at you just like you want to be around Caleb because he's just like a nice guy. And, and, but there's something in you that has had a frustration. There's been like an agitation in you just like no one else sees this. And, and I, I feel like almost like saying sometimes you're aware of it and sometimes you're not. But there's been like a holy frustration in you. And I feel like the Lord is saying that frustration has been because you're attempting to go away. That is like the model that have, has been set by others. Others your age. Others, you know, sort of following a certain path that you think you're meant to follow. But the Lord says you're not meant to fit that mold. But to set your eyes on him and run after Jesus. And I, I, I'm telling you, God's purpose and his plan for your life is far above anything you could ever imagine or think. Amen? Amen. So, Lord, I just thank you for Caleb. God, we thank you for your purpose over his life. God, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would give him wisdom and open his eyes to see your purpose. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, God, that you would open his eyes to see and understand what is your purpose and your will and your calling. God, I thank you, Jesus, for giving him, Lord, a, uh, a freedom from the fear of man and, Lord, a, a boldness, God, to follow you. Lord, not concerned with what others are doing, but to simply set his eyes on you and follow your model. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And uh, Alice, I, I kept, um, during worship, I just kept feeling the heart of the Lord saying, you don't know the kingdom impact you've had. It's far greater than you could ever think. It's far greater than you could ever think. And the Lord sees what you do in secret. He sees 
what is done in secret, and he'll reward you openly. And his re your reward is great. Your reward is great in heaven. But I also hear this. There's a lot more fruit. The Lord's going to produce a lot more fruit. And the fruitfulness of your latter day will far exceed the fruitfulness of the former. So, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, and we thank you for your goodness. We speak in the name of Jesus, that anointing to walk in your way. And I thank you, Lord, Lord, for that oil of your anointing, that it would drip upon our life, and that everything in word and in deed, God, that you would receive glory and honor. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, that hearts will melt toward you through the love that it's expressed through Alice. God, we thank you, Jesus, for the gospel that's not just spoken, but lived. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And while I just kept hearing the Lord saying, you're going to bring a lot of souls to the Lord. And there's a desire in your heart to see others experience the salvation and the freedom that you've received in him. And I just keep hearing the Lord saying, you're going to win a lot of souls. And he's just going to be with you. You don't have to make it happen, but don't be afraid to share your story. Don't be afraid to just simply point to God. And you're going to see one day, you're going to look back and see how many people have come to Jesus through, not Siri, come to Jesus through your life. So Lord, I just thank you that you've anointed Walt as a soul winner. God, we thank you, Jesus, that you would equip his mouth to speak your words. Lord, in the right moment, in the right season, we thank you, God, for your anointing on his life. Lord, upon his mind, that you'll even give him words of knowledge and words of wisdom, God, that in moments he will just know things um, and it would be a, a way for a door to be opened, Lord, that he might uh, simply share you and, and show people who you are. Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with him, that you're leading him and guiding him, and that you answer the desires of his heart as he delights in you. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, if you will, turn with me to 1 Peter. Did you ever, uh, you ever struggle looking in the Bible and think that there's like, why are there two different Peters and three different Johns and, and there's a Gospel of John? Um, if you figure it out, let me know. I'm just joking. Um, all right. Lord is so good. Is he not? I, uh, about two weeks ago, the Lord dropped just a simple message in my heart. I was driving, I was getting off the freeway at 164th from the northbound, got off the freeway, and right there, I just felt the Lord um, just kind of drop in my spirit, just this heart of righteousness producing holiness. And, uh, and I was like, okay, you know, cool, that's, that's awesome, I love it, um, you know, Lord, just speak to me, whatever I'm supposed to do. And I, it was like something in me was like, there's, there's a message here. You need to be prepared. Um, uh, there's going to be a, an open door to, to, to share this. And um, I had already told the pastoral team, uh, we, uh, gonna be, things are going to be crazy. We had move week this whole last week, and um, it, was, it was fun times. And 
Um, so I, we kind of said, hey, you know, we're probably just kind of count us on the, the low, low profile uh, for, for the month of December. And, um, and then uh, I came to church last week. How many love coming to church? Um, and uh, I love coming to church every week. Uh, you should do it every week. Uh, come to prayer, too. It's awesome. Um, but uh, came to church, and uh, worship was awesome. And then I hear the message begin, Pastor Jonathan preaching on those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I'm like, something in me just was brought back to that moment in the car. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a flow here. And uh, there's no way he's going to call me. But I just, something in me is like, Wait for it. And uh, what day was it? Tuesday. <laughs> Hopefully it's okay. I'm sure I the story. He's like, he's like, hey, uh, I know it's short notice. Any chance you might be free to, to speak on, on this Sunday? And I'm like, I, if God had not gone before me, I'd been like, I respectfully decline. You know, uh, but, uh, but the Holy Spirit had just gone before. And it, I was like, just so you know, it's... It, it, it's uh, you know, it's a, a, a process, you know, to, to come and bring the word. And uh, so uh, I just knew the Lord was in this. So I just trust I'm going to do my, my best and the Holy Spirit's going to do his part. And uh, everything that's of him is good. Anything that's just of my own flesh, just spit it out, throw it out the window. Um, but, uh, but he's good. And I believe that this is a, a, important. Um, and so I really want to ask you to listen, tune into this. But there's especially some souls here today. There's some people here today. Um, even I think watching online and maybe it's right this moment or, or later. But like the Lord is really going to speak. And it's going to almost feel uncomfortable for a moment in you. Because there's like going to be this holy agitation. And I, I just want to... Uh, encourage you, lead you, because I've seen this in many, many people's lives, that part of us goes, ooh, I don't like this feeling, I want to avoid it, and so, I, yeah, go to the bathroom, go get some water, you know, whatever, and nothing wrong with going to the bathroom, you got to go to the bathroom, coo, 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 coo. Um, but, but I'm just saying, like, there's something here, and when you feel that gurgling, sometimes it's because the Holy Spirit is, is just drawing you, and he's like, it, it, it's almost like, I don't know, like when you get a hug and somebody starts to squeeze. You know how like you first get a hug, it's like, oh, that's sweet. And then there's the, some of those people, especially the big teddy bears, who start to give you a hug. And then you're like, okay, you know, yeah, you're, you're looking to show your love. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then they keep going. And they keep squeezing tighter. And you're like, okay, at a certain point here, my spleen may depart from my body, you know. And... Uh, those, those heavy squeezes where you're like, I'm not sure if my spine makes it through this hug. Um, well, sometimes the Holy Spirit does that to us, and he starts just coming near, and it starts to get a little bit uncomfortable. But I'm telling you, just yield to him because he wants to set you free. Everything that he is, there's no shadow of turning with God. Everything you look at in this world, there's a gotcha. There's a string attached. There's a, if you do this, then this might happen, but you got to do this. You got to pay for it here. Got to pay for it there. With God, it says he's the father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning, meaning he does not have a trick or a card hidden up his sleeve. 
He is who he says he is. He will do what he says he will do. That is the God we serve. And, uh, and he's here to liberate. He's here to set the captive free. Um, there's some of you here, you've been wrestling and just literally, I, I feel like some of you, you've even said this, I just can't stand living life like this anymore. Amen. And the Lord's here to speak and to call you into his freedom. And the only answer, the only answer to that position of life, of I can't live this way anymore, there is no other answer but Jesus. He is life eternal. Okay, we're going to read a scripture so we can say we preached. Okay, um, just joking, that's a joke. Uh, first Peter, are you there? Got a Bible or a digital one? Digibible. Uh, first Peter chapter 1. Oh, there's so much here. I'm going to cut it short. You, you got to go read the Bible, okay? Uh, that's the message today. Uh, read your Bible and pray, okay? Um, I'm telling you, just read 1 Peter 20 times this week. Just read 1 Peter chapter 1 20 times this week. Let it get in you, please. I'm, I'm asking you. Just read this, and then you'll, you'll get hungry, and then you're like, oh, I got to eat chapter 2. Oh, this is so good. I, I got to move on. Oh, I got to get more of this. And the Holy Spirit will just keep feeding as your hunger comes to him. As it was preached last week, when we hunger and we thirst after righteousness, we will be filled. The, the, the right standing of God, the, the, that position where we're okay with him. There's nothing between us. That righteousness, there's no, there's no limit to it. It's freely given to us as we just hunger for him and his righteousness. But today what we're going to kind of lean into is what righteousness or being, being where there's nothing between you and him, where you're right with him, what that righteousness will produce is a new, new way of living, new way of being. And that way of being is called holiness. It's the fruit that flows from righteousness. So I want to read this. Um, verse 15. We'll just cut it short. But as he who, has called, he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you read in Leviticus 11.44, you'll find this, this passage that through the Holy Spirit Peter is quoting out of Leviticus when God's giving instructions for the priests and how they're to live and to operate and all the, the functions they're to serve. And he says this, be holy for I am holy. And one of the ways I, I like to, I love how it's said in Leviticus because it's, it's be holy as I am holy or be holy for I am holy. What God's saying is, you're my people. And now that I have you to myself, because he's speaking to a people that used to be slaves. They used to be bound by the enemy. They used to be in Egypt, which is a picture of living in the world and living apart from God. But he brought them out of Egypt, and he caused them to cross through the Red Sea. And that Red Sea created a barrier that could never, uh, never again could Egypt come and try and pull them back because it was buried in the waters. And so now they've, they're a people unto himself. And so the Lord's saying, since I'm holy, and since I've got you to myself... You're going to be holy too. What does holy mean? Holiness or holy. Uh, one of the words in Hebrew is 
kadosh. You can also find this, uh, the word holy in, in Greek several times. I'm not going to go through all of that, but I'm just going to give you some definitions based on what I've observed and, and, and seen. And this is uh, some from Strong's and some from just kind of my own interpretation. But holiness means sacred. Holy to be set apart. And I add this, God's nature, distinct and separate from anything that is not of God. That's holiness. So I believe holiness is. There's so much more. We, I, I, I feel like holy is one of those placeholder words. It's like I only have so many words I can use to even describe how good God is, how amazing he is. I believe when we get to heaven, it's going to be so far beyond what we can even think. But here on earth, I, you kind of run out of words to describe his goodness. And I think it, it, we see in Revelation this picture of heaven, what's going down. And they're saying, worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb who was slain. And holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Holy, holy, holy. I'm like, do they get tired? You ever think that? When someone tells you, okay, just be honest. If you've ever been in church once before and someone said, hey, in heaven, we're going to worship forever. Anybody ever once had the thought, that kind of sounds tiring. Anybody? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have good news. I have good news for you. Okay. In about four seconds here. But here, here's what I think is the good news. You're going to worship him forever, not because you have to. When, when Jesus says, or the Lord here says, be holy as I am holy. Be holy for I am holy. What he's saying is you get around me, you're going to be like me. And I believe when, in eternity, the reason we're going to worship him forever is because there's going to be nothing, no filter, no Instagram filter, trying to shape who God might look to be. In, in eternity, there's going to be no Filter, no dim view of what God is. You're going to see him face to face. And when you see the creator of all eternity, the one who, when the earth was without form and it was void, and the Holy Spirit covered over the, the face of the deep, and then the Lord said, let there be light, and there was light, that God, who, by the way, didn't, he waited till day four to even create the sun, so the light was everywhere, and it was him. I believe that's a picture of him manifesting himself. The light is always who he is. First John says, for he is light. But that light was then manifest. He said, let there be light. I want, I want this earth to see and experience my light. Well, in eternity, I don't believe there's going to be a need for a sun or moon or stars because he is the light. And so we're going to be so fixated, so amazed, so overwhelmed by his goodness. We can't even describe with any words. And I think everything in us is going to pour out. Holy, holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Every time you just look at him, like, I, I don't know if I can do it again. I'm tired. I'm tired of worshiping because every time I look at him, it just comes out of me. I don't think we're going to get tired, though. God never slumbers, so I don't know. Maybe in heaven we won't either. Who knows? I like sleep, but I, I think about that. I'm going to be honest. My, my flesh thinks about that a lot. You are going to let me sleep, right, God? You know, I, you know, I like curling up and sleeping a little bit but uh every time you look at him oh, holy 
Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. He's so holy. And so his commandment for us to be holy as he is holy, it's actually not a, it's not an impossible thing. I have good news for you. When God commands something, he gives you the ability to do it. He's a just God. He would not command you to do something that you won't have the equipment to do, whatever that thing is. That is what the grace of our God is. That's what receiving righteousness with God accomplishes. But we're going to go through this here uh, kind of quick. But I, um, I believe we are living in a time Whereas the church, anybody a, a top, top button hanger person? You know what I'm saying? You put the shirt back on the hanger, you at least got to button the top button, right? Don't button them all. We don't have all day. <laughs> but throw that thing on the hanger, and you got to get that top button on there. Okay, so this shirt is clean, relatively. Yeah, we're good. Uh, who's, who's a sniff tester? No, okay. <laughs> Woo. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Um, so we're going to call this a clean shirt, okay? It smells clean. and call it clean. But can you tell me anything about what you see? Wrinkles. And this is not, uh, not speaking about my wife not helping, okay? That's not the message. In fact, fellas, you, le- you need to learn how to iron, okay? This is not a message, ladies, iron for your fellas. No, fellas, you can learn to iron too, okay? Um, but uh, we got some wrinkles here. So this shirt is clean, but it's got some wrinkles. And I believe in his love, the Holy Spirit, I, I believe this like prophetically over this time and in this age, over the body of Christ, the Lord has been looking at the church and says, you've received salvation and righteousness, but it's time for the wrinkles to come out. And I believe the Holy Spirit is, is, is in His love, in His truth, in His mercy. He's putting the clean shirt. And don't, please do not get me wrong. We're not here to diminish that by the blood of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus alone is our sin washed. I remember years ago I did this message in youth and I, I had done this, uh, 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 helped the friend move. <laughs> I mean, he has a story that follows those words, right? Uh, helped a friend move once. Yeah, here we go. You know, something weird. And uh, uh, helped a friend move, and uh, we're, they got a U-Haul, and we're moving everything out, and it goes, you know, like slipping all over the place. And I'm like, what's going on? This is weird. And uh, it's very shiny uh, and oily, and it was just really weird. It was like I need special shoes to work at McDonald's or something, and... Um, we were like, you know, picking up boxes and uh, struggling. And, and we get to, towards the back and we realize they had some kind of like an oil dipper thing, whatever, fryer. Uh, somebody decided to leave the oil in there. And uh, then somebody else decided to tip the, the thing with the oil. So we had oil everywhere. And uh, man, so we got paper towel after paper towel after paper towel. We were like trying to clean this U-Haul out. And no matter what we did, that floor, whoever got that truck next, you know, it was, <laughs> it 
soup. You know, it was just going to be struggle is real. Um, but, uh, or maybe it was good, you know, stick a box at the front of the truck and um, but, uh, it would be oily. And I was just thinking about, you know, no matter what we did, we couldn't get that off. It just wouldn't come off. Or you ever cooked with pasta or something and it gets on a plate, that cheese just melts on there. And no matter what you do, there ain't no coming off. That's our condition in sin. No matter what we do, no matter what we try, no matter how many times we say, I'm going to live better, I'm going to do better, you cannot get the stain of sin off of your life. It's stuck and it cannot come out. And But the blood of Jesus, one drop of the blood of Jesus takes the dirtiest, stinkiest, filthiest life full of sin and makes it brand new, clean, pure, spotless. That's the God we serve. That's righteousness. I didn't do anything to deserve it, but him who knew no sin, he had never sinned. He was without spot. He was without blemish. He was without wrinkle. He was blameless. Jesus, the son of God, the spotless lamb, yielded himself to the point of death on the cross, obeying the the, the will of the Father, that he might purchase us as a possession, and that he might cleanse us from our sins. John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who gives us righteousness, but him who knew no sin became sin on the cross. Just the other day, my daughter was asking, "Why why did Jesus say, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Because mommy was reading in Psalm 22 and seeing how David prophesied that. Father, Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was the cup Jesus knew he had to drink to purchase us. God himself in the flesh had never been separated from the Father. The Son of God never once separated from the Father. Had a, because sin was placed upon him, God can have no fellowship with sin became sin. But here's the exchange. Jesus, the spotless, pure one who never knew sin, had never touched it to himself because he was pure and he was holy. He became sin that we might, you guys know the end of this, become the righteousness of God. So do we do anything to get righteous? Do we do anything to get saved? Do I have to go to church about a hundred times before my shirt's finally clean? No, you can come in with the dirtiest situation. Your life can be such a mess. Jesus does not say, make sure you go wash yourself, clean up, and then come to me. No, he, he does not say that. He says, while I was pure and spotless, I became sin so that you could receive my righteousness. All it requires from us is that we give up our life and our ways and we surrender to him and we give him our dirty, we give him our mess, and he gives us his clean. But I I believe there's something to this that uh, we're made clean, but because of our soul nature, our habits, our ways of living, our ways of thinking, there's something like wrinkles in our life. It's like we're going to heaven by the blood of Jesus, by his righteousness, but he wants to produce holiness. In in Hebrews 12, it says, pursue holiness, for without it, no one can see God. I want to see God. What about you? In Matthew 5, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will 
see God. But I believe the Holy Spirit is looking at his, the bride of Christ, the church. And he's got a... Here's an iron. And we're laid out on an ironing board. You know what the ironing board is called? It's called love. And you know what this, this iron is called? It's called truth. And he's laying truth and pressing you right smack dab in the middle between love and truth. And he's pressing out the wrinkles. He's pressing out ambition. He's pressing out pride. He's pressing out selfish motives. He's pressing out uh, unforgiveness and, and, and thinking that I'm going to just do this Christianity from now on and wayward teachings and doctrines and, and, and the things that complicate the gospel. And he's pressing these things out because God is jealous for his bride. He paid a high price. He didn't just pay for us to get to heaven. He paid that heaven might get into us. That we might begin to live in this earth as he is. As he is, so are we. So here's like a couple points for you. One, God commands us to be holy. But that's not scary. Why? Because whatever God commands us to do, he will enable us to do. Cool? Check. You got that in your notes? Okay. God commands us, but that's good. Second, righteousness produces holiness. You cannot live in holiness apart from righteousness, which is him. It's, his, it's, it's, it's all, everything that he purchased for us by his blood. We are made righteous, which means I am in right standing with God. Sin used to separate us. But that has been washed away, so now there's nothing between us. Righteousness produces holiness. Um, Let's turn really quick. I just want you to see this and hear this. There's power in the Word of God. Romans 6. Romans chapter 6. I'm going to start with verse 19. If you're turning there, I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. Because he he was talking about being a slave, a slave to sin versus a slave to righteousness. How many know a slave to righteousness means we're free? A slave to sin means we're in prison, right? But he's using human terms is what he's saying. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness unto holiness or leading to sanctification, whichever version you have there. Righteousness unto holiness. The outflow, the production of righteousness, right standing with God, is holiness. Um, I'm going to keep reading. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things in death. Meaning, when you live in sin, what, what's the fruit of that? Death, right? We're about to read that verse. It's famous. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification or holiness... And its end, eternal life. 
For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you, God. So the fruit, the production of sin is what? Death. The fruit of righteousness is holiness, which means we're just, we start to be as he is. And the fruit of that is, or where that's leading, is just eternal life. And Jesus said in John 17, this is eternal life that you may, that they would know the one true God. That's eternal life. Not knowing about him. Pastor Jonathan was talking about this last week. Not knowing about him. Not, not just information. Knowing the person. Okay. I, hopefully we've got a good foundation there. Um, and then we're, so we're going to turn into the next uh, section, which this is going to take about three or four hours. So, let's roll. Some of you are like, if he said three or four more minutes, I'm going to struggle. But, um, okay. Be holy as God commands us to be holy as he is holy. And we're, the only reason we're going to be holy is because that's how he is. And when we get near him, we become like him. Two, righteousness is what produces Holiness, the outflow of righteousness. So when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we will be filled. We will receive, we will have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And because we have that right standing with God, there's nothing separating us from him. So now we can be close to him. And so what is produced from that is holiness or the nature of God, because that's the person we're spending time with. So the third point I have for you, this is my last is we've been given what we need to pursue holiness. I already said it, but Hebrews 12 says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. You know, I I believe this has two meanings. Pursue holiness without which no one will see the Lord. I believe it means one to our own selves. Without holiness, there's something where we don't see God the same way. There, there's, there's not that, that same place of seeing him. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. But when it says without which no one will see the Lord, I believe it also speaks of the world around you. Without holiness, no one's going to see Jesus in you. Without holiness, what if I... If I'm saved on the inside and going to heaven, but I'm doing the same thing, living the same way, talking the same way, smell the same way as the world, who around you is going to go, whoa, your life is totally different? Because it's not. Now, I might have right standing with God, and at the end of judgment, I, man, I'm getting in by the mercy of God, the blood of Jesus. Thank you, God. The one who was on the cross, that thief, was right next to Jesus. He had nothing he could do, no life he could live. He was dying. But he said, Lord, if you would remember me, and Jesus said, that's all. You're going to join me in paradise today. Man, that's amazing. But not all of us are living on a cross right now. Okay. Who here is a thief that's been put on a cross? Nobody. Okay. Um, and, and so we're here to show Jesus to the world. That Jesus, he might shine through us. We're made in his image and in his likeness. And I believe that God wants us to shine him and, and without holiness, no one will see the Lord in you. And that's not a comment. That's not a condemnation. That's not a, oh, okay. Oh, well, 
I'm just going to leave church sad today because, shoot, I don't have holiness. That's not how we're to live. The Holy Spirit, he doesn't just have an iron of truth. He's not doing this. He's got an ironing board of love and an iron of truth. And between the two, he gently presses every wrinkle out of our life because he loves us and he's producing in us the very nature of God that we might in this world as he is so are we here's the thing is we cannot be more like him without him this is where you get weird religions how many know if you're not familiar there's been holiness movements that are all in, in a good name and a good purpose, but their whole movement is about what kind of makeup you put on and what shirt you wear to church. I think Jesus even dealt with that in the scripture. He was talking about some cup, how some Pharisees were trying to clean the outside, but the inside was super dirty. He's like, why don't you just clean the inside and then the rest of it will be clean? If you're doing dishes, fellas, learn how to do the dishes too, okay? <laughs> it's... It's housekeeping day for the, for the men, the ironing and dishes. But you clean the inside of the cup, the outside's pretty darn easy, isn't it? In fact, you clean it and you fill it and it just overflows. And that soap and that water just cleans the whole thing. That's awesome. But God's very concerned with the, the inside of us. But weird cults and religions have been formed all in the name of a good thing, a good aim, a good purpose. But guess what they're missing? The person who makes it possible. I believe, I, I, I know certain people in this church. You've been hurt by some kind of a weird church thing. Told to conform and live like this and do that. And you know what? It's a tiring life. I, I think of that as like what I call fruit chopping. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Fruit chopping? Fruit chopping. Not shopping, chopping. Uh, fruit chopping. I'm about to tell you what it is. You take a look, think of yourself like with a machete and you're going around and you're like, ooh, that was a bad, that was a bad thought, that was a bad thought, chop, that was a bad thought, okay, that was, oh, well, that was a bad, bad behavior, bad behavior, chop that, chop it, and you're trying to chop all these bad fruits off your life, but for some reason they keep coming back. Anger, anger, chop, 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 now I'm angry, <laughs> chop, chop, I'm still angry. <laughs> By the way, there's a, there's a holy anger. And then there's an unholy anger. The holy anger, God said you're to hate evil. Not a person. Hate evil. His name's the devil, but anyway. But we, we spend our time chopping, 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 jealousy, anger, blah, 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 chop, 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 chop. And it keeps just growing back. And sometimes it's funny, it grows back stronger. And we spend our whole life fruit chopping because we're trying to live outside of him. But in him, what we receive, what Pastor Jonathan was talking about last week, the righteousness of God. What, what we get with him is Jesus lays the axe to the root. And he removes those roots of bitterness. He removes those roots that produce the unholy ways of living. But then we grow up into him who is all, uh, just everything that he is, his holiness begins to produce in our life. And what fruits start to grow out where there was once bitterness and confusion and depression and anger and jealousy, there's coming out love, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all these fruits. I 
got joy. I'm afraid to say it, but I have joy. You ever been somebody who's, I, I know there's people in here, you were so bound by depression that when the joy of the Lord hit you and you began to be overflowing with his joy, the, the idea of smiling was, con, was hard. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to smile. I don't even know how to do this. Do these muscles work? That's so hard. It's like wedding photos, you know, trying to... But you can't hold it back, and then you start feeling embarrassed. Like, I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. Okay, I'm going to be serious. Uh, it won't work because I'm just so overflowing with his joy. Why? Because he changed the root system, and what comes out of a new root system is new fruit. And that's, that's the God we serve. If the roots are righteousness... The fruits are holiness. It's the nature of God. It's who He is. And that's what He's called us to. He didn't just want us to squeeze into heaven just by the skin of our teeth. We got the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to heaven. But He wants the world to see what happens when the very living God, the very creator of heaven and earth, gets inside a life and changes the roots. And what comes out of it is a new way of living. And when there's holiness in a life, the world sees God. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, what he has preparing to do, what he is already in, in motion doing, he's getting the wrinkles out. Why? Because there's a desperate world. There's a lost world. We pray on, on Sunday nights, man, if you have not come to prayer, I'm telling you, come. But we pray often for lost souls, for prodigals, for those that maybe once were with God, but they've not returned. Man, and they're in bondage, but they're maybe afraid to come back, or maybe they just don't know. But we pray, and we pray because they, there is bondage. There, the devil does not take any prisoners. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's just there's no other plan or plot of the enemy. It's total destruction. And so those that are bound under his dominion because they've given, yielded to, to him and, and to sin, man, there's just destruction in their life. There's bondage. There's no freedom. They're in confusion. There's just everything. And we're praying. Because I'm telling you, God's, God's stirring hearts. He's, he's, he's bringing those that are, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of this life. But th there's a world out there that says, I, I'm, I'm, hope, I'm looking for an answer. I'm looking for hope. There's got to be a hope somewhere. There's got to be someone that doesn't have what I have. There's got to be someone that maybe has something I don't have. And they need to see God in you. They need to see God in us. And again, this is not a condemnation. This is the love of the Holy Spirit because, man, what a privilege that he would use our life to touch another. Deborah, would you mind coming? I'm going to share two brief stories as Deborah comes. One is Acts 4, chapter 4. I just love this story. In chapter 3, Peter and John hanging out, going to church. How many know this would be cool if you walk into church, like on your way to church? I don't know who walks to church nowadays. Maybe there's a few of us. We might in the summer. But, um, but you walk to church and there's a, somebody who's been lame since the day they were born. A full-grown man cannot move his legs, cannot walk. He is brought to this same spot every day to beg for food and who knows if... They took advantage of him. I don't know. They're like, we'll take 30% of whatever he gets. You know, I don't know. That's made up. I, I, that's not in the Bible. But uh, 
every day. And Peter and John walk, and this guy's like, hey, you, you guys got anything you can give me? Just, just some money. How many know the world doesn't even know what to ask for? They don't even know what they're looking for. I just, can you give me some money? It might make my life slightly better. How many know Jesus is not in the business of making our life slightly better? If you could ease my pain a little bit, if you could give me a better meal today, maybe, you know, that would be great. And Peter's like, you know what? I, I don't have what you are asking for, but I do have something that you need. And he says, what I have. And he's like, I, I believe in his heart, he's like, I remember when Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. And Peter's like, this is exciting because I get to do what Jesus said. Freely I've received something I didn't pay for, I didn't deserve, I didn't work for it. In fact, I betrayed him, but he still called me. So what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. And this man who had never stepped on his feet once in his life with his own legs, strength came to him and he began to walk. That's powerful. How many know the world around us needs us to have him, Jesus on the inside that the world might receive not what they're asking for but what they need? And I think of Lazarus. I believe this speaks of, of our, our condition often in, in the church where we've received and we're great. Again, not to diminish what we have in him. There's no words to describe the mercy of God, the grace of God, what we have received in righteousness from him. But God is so good that everything he gives, there's more. And he doesn't just want us to be made right, but he wants to transform us. Romans 12 says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means be, you're going to be different. You're going to change. You're going to think different. You're going to walk different. You're going to act different. You're going to smell different. You're going to look different. Be transformed. Transformed doesn't mean like, yeah, I used to say three things this way, but now I say two things sort of like that. And I, no, no, transformed is... One thing is not like the other. I don't even recognize the old. But in Lazarus, the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11, Lazarus chapter 11, um, sorry, John chapter 11, we see the story of Lazarus not saying much. It's kind of a joke. He was dead. Uh, That was a hard one. Um, sorry. Bad jokes are, you are not responsible to laugh, okay? It's just a bad joke. It's okay. Just hit me with it like, yo, that wasn't funny. But Lazarus didn't have much to say. Martha, his sister, did. And she's yelling at Jesus, Jesus, if you'd only been here, we sent word for you. You were supposed to come. If you had only been here, he wouldn't have died. You, many of you know the story. Their focus is on, you could have healed him, but you can't raise, there's not even a thought in their mind that he can raise him from the dead. They just, they think it's done. How many know we serve the God that there's nothing impossible, even when something looks totally dead, completely buried, for not just one day dead, but four days dead. I just, there's something about the story that I just, I can't, 
ever lose the excitement, the beauty of the God we serve. He did, Jesus waited a little longer. Lazarus needed a nap. Four days, dead and buried, and Jesus says, you don't understand, I'm the resurrection and the life. And so he speaks to Martha, and he get out of the way, and then he, he's like, all right, roll the stone away. And then Martha's trying to stop him again, you know, and I love this story. There's so much revelation of how we tend to block Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you know, you pray for a miracle, Lord, if you could just only do this impossible miracle. And he's like, hey, go call, make a phone call. And you're like, oh, but that won't work. That won't work. That won't work, God. Um, no, no, you don't understand, Jesus. I, I know actually how this is supposed to go, even though I can't do anything of my own power. How many know we do that? We start to ask God for something and we tell him how to do it or how not to do it. Don't make me talk to her. Will. That's a well. When the Holy Spirit comes to your heart gently with an iron of truth and a board of love, and he presses and he says, you know what? There's some unforgiveness. And you've got to let that person go. You've got to release that. Release them to me. Let me produce holiness in you. In Hebrews, it says that we can actually be partakers. When he corrects us and he leads us, it says we are partakers of his holiness. But we often get in the way and we tell God, no, you can't do a miracle here. And we're asking for maybe for something, you know, hey, I need, I need new sh- shoes for Timmy. And God's saying, I want you to call this person and say you're sorry. And you weren't even at fault. So I mean, God will do this stuff. And you're like, no, 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 I don't think you understand. You didn't hear me correctly, God. I said new shoes for Timmy. He's like, make a phone call. That's his iron of truth and love. And he's producing something that we need, but we might not even be asking for. And so Jesus says, roll the stone away. And Martha says, no, 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 I don't think you understand. He is dead and it's probably potent in there. And Jesus said, I get out of the way. I'm in the resurrection and the life. Didn't I tell you if you believed, you will see the glory of God. And here's what I love about this story. Jesus doesn't miss a detail. Lazarus come forth and he comes forth. That's hooray, hurrah, incredible. What was dead is made alive. How many know without Jesus, we are dead in our trespasses. We are born into this life in our trespasses. If you are here today and you've not given your life to Jesus, me, myself, and every person here, we were all dead in our trespasses and we were blind. We didn't know. We, we had no hope. We had no future. And we, we thought we'd just kind of make it fit and make it work just like everybody else, but everybody else is lost. But then our eyes were opened, and then we put our trust in him, and then we said, I'm not going to go that way anymore. I'm not going to be God myself. I'm going to let him be God, and I'm going to give him my life. And when that happens, what was dead 
comes to life. That's Jesus saying, come forth. Today, God is speaking to some of your hearts today, and he's saying, come forth. Come to me. 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 Come to life. You've been dead, but come alive. Come to me. Come to me. The Lord's speaking that over you. But this is what I love about Jesus. He doesn't miss a detail. He says, and that's righteousness. Come to me. I'm going to give you a new garment. I'm going to give you new clothes. You're, you're, going to, you're going to be right with me. There's nothing between you. You get to come right to me. That's righteousness. There was a veil that didn't protect God in the Old Testament. Protected the people. Because of their sin, there was a veil that protected the presence of God. Guess where he lived? In the most holy place. But when Jesus died on the cross, what happened? Earthquake, veil, torn because now with righteousness we have access to him Jesus says come to me come to me come to me but then Lazarus who is now alive has the wrong kind of clothes on and to the point where if he just kept walking around everyone around would be like well you look kind of like a dead guy because he had mummy clothes he was wrapped and you know what Jesus said He said, Lazarus, come forth. And it says, Lazarus came forth. What was dead became alive. But Jesus said, those clothes won't fit someone who's alive. They only belong on someone who's dead. I'm going to, this is what righteousness produces. It produces holiness. Jesus said, get rid of the grave clothes and remove the blinders off his eyes. What righteousness produces in our life is as we get near him, we come to him and we've come alive, then Jesus says, you know what, I'm going to give you new garments, I'm going to give you new clothes, you're going to look different. And guess what happens is in this world we start to look like Jesus, smell like Jesus, act like Jesus, sound like Jesus, to the point where in in Acts chapter 4, these guys who healed this guy, the Pharisees start questioning him, they're so frustrated, they're like, we thought we got rid of this Jesus thing when we killed him. And they... Peter and John just answer them, there's no other name given among men under heaven by which we can be saved. His name is Jesus. And guess, guess what they said? They said they, could, they marveled because they could tell that they had been with Jesus. Do you know what righteousness gives us? Access to Jesus. But when, you be, when you're with him, you become like him. Thank you, Lord. Would you guys stand? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So there's two things I, I feel like we need to do here today. One is if you are, you're here and just, man, you just feel the Lord kind of just poking at your heart, like saying, hey, there, there, there's something here. You, you've, been, you've been resisting me. And I'm speaking primarily to, to church, to the believers. You've been resisting me. I've, I'm, I'm trying to lead you with my iron of truth and my, my ironing table of love. I don't know. I just made that up, right? But I think it's Holy Spirit inspired. And I'm trying to, to remove the wrinkles because Jesus will have a bride that is without blemish, but also without wrinkle. We're to be the pure and the spotless bride to match our Savior. 
But there's some of you here today, it's, if you're honest with the Holy Spirit, I, I believe he's just convicting hearts today. And there's something in you that says, I've been resisting this leading of the Holy Spirit to iron some of these things out. Or God's been dealing with this area of my life, but I've been resisting him in this. I believe there's just a time here of consecration for you to just respond to God and say, you know what, God, I repent. I, I turn from this, this stubbornness. You know, there's some stubborn wrinkles, right? And I just turn from this stubbornness and I'm going to yield to you. I'm going to come under your authority and I'm going to follow you. But if you're here today and you just know, I need to repent. I, and repentance, sometimes we think it's, I was in the world and now I'm not. Sometimes repentance is I've been off by a degree and I'm just not shooting straight. And I need a course correction. And so if you're here today and you just know the Holy Spirit speaking, you just, I need a course correction. I need to turn to him that I'm just following him and just let the voice of the Holy Spirit lead and, and work out the wrinkles and produce holiness from the righteousness that I already have. I want you to come to the altar and just respond to the Lord. There's something powerful. And I, I don't know what it is about the altar. I mean, like, there's just something about the anointing of the Lord and what, what's been preached, what's been ministered. The Lord is here to minister that right here and right now. And so when you respond in that moment, it says, seek the Lord while he may be found. There's something about the nearness of what God's saying right now for us to step out and come under that and say, yes, Lord. So if you're here today and you need to respond to the Lord, I want you to come now. Repentance is the practice of Christians not just sinners. We, we just, we live this lifestyle. But then I also, I mean this, this is not to point a finger to any one person in this place, but I'm telling you the Holy Spirit is tugging on hearts today. And he's been, I feel like he's been tugging on hearts and there's something in you that's like, you know, I just, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But I keep hearing this. It's like you've been saying, I am tired of living like this. I, I, I don't know how many there are, but some of you, I'm tired of living this way. And I'm here to tell you the only path to life is Jesus. The only way is Jesus. And if you're here today and you, that's something in you. I'm just, I'm sick and tired of this. I don't have life. I don't have hope. I have, I have confusion. I have depression. I, I, I don't have joy. I don't have future. The Lord is here for you today to receive you if you simply come to him. And so I want to ask, I feel like just like going to the far back and I'm just going to run with you because I just want to, we all need Jesus. We all need to run to Jesus. If we need him, just run to him. He says, by no means will I turn away any that come to me. God will never turn you away when you come to him. But he won't, he can't make you do it. You have to choose, Lord, I need you. So if you're here today and you just acknowledge, I need God, I need to, I want to give my life to him. I want everything that I've been experiencing and living in, I want to give him this, this mess and receive righteousness, receive cleansing of your sins, receive forgiveness and right standing with God and eternal life. If you're here today and you need that, I want you to also just come forward. There's people already standing here. Just come forward and we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. But God is here to set captives free. He's here to set captives free. And I'm telling you, when you get to the end of your life and you say, you know what, that time, that service, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was drawing me, but I was afraid what people thought, so I just stayed in my chair. 
I just kept myself reserved because I was worried what people would think. I, I just had too much pride or whatever. I'm telling you, at the end of your life, you're gonna, that's, that's a regret. But I'm telling you, at the end of your life, if you look back and there was this time where the Holy Spirit was drawing you and calling you and he's saying, there's a new hope, there's a new life. If you just come to me and you responded to that and you look back on your life and you're like, oh my goodness, what if I hadn't? Because I'm telling you, I am standing here today as someone that could have just as easily never turned my heart to him. And I, I regret every moment I've, I lived apart from him. But when I fully gave my everything to Jesus, when I fully surrendered all that I am, all that I was, all that I ever would be to him, I'm telling you, I've never regretted that for a moment. Because in him is life. He is life eternal. So God, we thank you. I praise you. We worship you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are speaking to our hearts here today. And I thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy that was poured out. We thank you for your blood that was shed. That we who were sinners, stained with sin, might become righteous, washed, clean, with right standing with God being given a gift that we could not pay for ourselves. But Lord, you gave us eternal life because you loved us. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, what you're speaking to your church, that in righteousness and what we have in you, you produce holiness. You're working out the wrinkles that we might be the bride of Christ that this world looks at and says there is a life, there is a hope, there is something there that's not of this world. Lord, we pray, have your way, have your way, have your way. I ask some of the prayer teams to come and, and pray here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And just as we're worshiping, I'm just telling you, just set your eyes on him. He is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. Put your eyes on him. That's where the answers start and end. It's all with him.